Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Whiskey Sessions podcast. This is episode 93. Uh, Amat's here with B Pimp. B Pimp, how's it going with you? It's going great. 93. We're in the 90s. We're loving it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, we're inching ever closer to 2000. I mean, 100. <laughs> um, thinking about the 90s, but. We're not talking about the 90s for this episode, no. I know people thought the 80s episodes were a four-part series. I couldn't have said it more times in the last episode, but nope, it's a five-part series. Because the one thing we didn't talk about, sure, we talked about 80s action movies, we talked about 80s comedies, we talked about 80s television shows and best albums, but we didn't talk about video games or books, but we're not gonna do books. So that's what we're doing for this episode. We're going to do a top five video games of the 1980s. And then after that, we can move on. Uh, but B-Pimp, when you thought about 80s video games, were you thinking more like Nintendo games? Were you thinking more arcade games? Where was your head at with this? I, the ones that come to mind were overwhelmingly Nintendo. And I was trying, I looked and, and considered anything. Like I wasn't being a Nintendo uh I don't know what you would call it, a Nintendo file. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I did end up with a lot of Nintendo. So did you did you have the original Nintendo system? Yeah, I did. That's as a as a Wii tot, I had that NES. Lucky kid. I so I never had an original Nintendo, but on the opportunities that I got to go to friends' houses that had them, whoa. I love me some Nintendo. You gotta love that old uh the controllers that you see now make the original Nintendo controller with two buttons and like a D pad and a start button. It's like crazy how much stuff you could do with that. Playing the switch. Now I so often press a button that like takes me accidentally to the home screen of the console or something like that. Like right in the middle of a game, it is too much to remember or I'm too old. Well, there's also like, multiple joysticks and sometimes like one joystick does one thing and the other does another thing. And I'm just like, I like the simple, simple stuff. No, I do too. For me, I think the peak number of buttons was the super Nintendo. Like that's all you need. You're talking when they added the shoulders. Yeah. One L and one R four buttons on the right side and then, you know, start and select and then the pad. That's it. I agree with that. I think that's like a sweet spot for controller uh, complexity. Mm -hmm. I mean, two shoulder buttons on each side is is too much. Yeah. It's like, I understand. It does come in handy for certain very, you know, I'm trying to think of what types of games, something like a Max Payne where you've got like multiple weapons you're cycling in between or whatever. I can get used to it with that. But for the majority of things, I want it like straightforward so I could just enjoy the game. So another thing that is a little bit different, even though, of course, we're recording this podcast remotely, uh, we actually have the same whiskey for this episode. So we get to try it uh, together. And it made me think, Brian, have we ever disagreed? Because I know we haven't been able to try whiskeys uh, uh, together all that often. It's been a long time. I can't remember if we've ever disagreed on whether a whiskey is boot or smooth or not. I'm sure we have. I think I can pull up Vodka Ron's uh, whiskey. Would his whiskey tracker tell us that? Oh, my God. It, that sheet is the most amazing thing that has ever been put together. It is. And we, I, 
I feel like I've been a little bit lax with updating it, so I might need to do some updates here. You know what? It looks like it all looks the same to me. So either that's a relic of how this is put together or we did not disagree. Wow. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, here's hoping that this whiskey is not one that we disagree on and it's on the smooth train. But what we're drinking is Michter's Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Established in 1753. How is that even a year? It's pre the Revolutionary War, which they put right on the front. Another thing to note about this, let's see, it is, ooh, a weird number for proof, 91.4%. Yeah, I was just gonna mention that, that jumped out, like it's a interesting, normally I see just even numbers, but they went real specific with the percentage there. Yeah, that's from Louisville, Kentucky. So what I assume is the biggest city in Kentucky. We've had the, uh, we had another of theirs early on. Yeah, it was, we didn't have the small batch. We had an unblended one. Oh, they have a version where it's unblended. I don't know what that means, but we had that and it was good. So we have a little bit of context in the past. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm trying to, my memory is totally blank on how that was. So what at the top there, what batch number are you drinking? I've got 20D569. Ooh, I have 20C431. I think that means yours is much better because it's got one letter closer to A. Must be. Um, All right, so how are we drinking this? I got it neat in the trusty Woodford Reserve glass here. I like your Woodford Reserve glass. I'll do neat as well. I'm smelling it. Smells like a bourbon. Yeah, I like the... It's got a real big um, bouquet, I think is the correct term. I don't know if that applies to bourbon. No, that sounds right. It does. It was It was a little bit stronger than I was anticipating. There's a lot going on in that. Taking a sip here. Mm-hmm. I, I get a little bit of charcoal in that first sip when it hits hits my mouth. Yeah, it's like I'm... Well, I think I'd probably not be drinking it neat in this situation, but maybe I'm outside, it's a hot day, have it on the rocks, and I'm putting something on the grill, and it just, I think that would sit nice. It's also got a little bit of, it's got a little bit of heat on the back end. It's Mm -hmm. very, it's pleasantly, those two are mixed well, I think. It doesn't, it's not like a harsh transition. I agree. Uh, The transition is smooth, and then the way it sits, like that, that kind of, that heat aftertaste it it's not punching me in any like particular spot in the throat. It's actually like giving my throat a nice warm coating. Yes. Like a sweater on the inside. Yeah. I'm going to do one more sip. Not that I don't already know where this is going, but yeah, I've had a few, I'm trying to pinpoint what I'm, what that smell is, even though it's just a pleasant bourbon like smell, but I think the smell is more of the caramely, um, maltiness and then the taste has got more of the heat mm-hmm. all right in in determining though if it belongs on the smooth train and we don't take this lightly uh b pimp where do you say it goes i'm putting it on all right i'm putting it on as well um and i'm putting it confidently on i don't think i've had too many whiskeys lately where i could say one sip no question uh this is a one sip no question i'm putting it on the smooth train 
I'm glad to see you enjoy it. One little in behind the scenes here. I had this bottle almost empty because <laughs> it's weird that they sold it to you like that. I know I got one that was, uh, that was used and yeah. it, didn't, it didn't diminish the taste of any way. <laughs> it's really good. I gave you just like a quarter bottle of it for some reason. I don't yeah. Know. I don't know. Somebody was sneaky. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Michter Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's going on the smooth train. Go ahead and uh, get yourself some of that. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we were able to uh, try a whiskey together. It had been a while, so I knew we uh, wanted to get, uh, be able to do that. Yeah, I think we should try that every so often. If we see ones that are interesting, maybe we can share the know. name and see if we can tag team them. I will say the store I go to now, I was always worried that I was just going to not run out of whiskeys, but like run out of whiskeys that I found compelling. But I, I feel like a resurgence of new whiskeys out there that I'm, I'm ready to try. It does seem like, I feel like, I mean, we've had hundreds, right? Mm-hmm. At this point, even before the podcast, just over the years trying them. But I still see, I ever feel like every time I go shopping, I still see dozens that i've never even heard of oh yeah new one every time yeah it's an exciting time for whiskey lovers i would say oh yeah and we're right there to we're right in the zeitgeist with our podcast Mm -hmm. definitely all right so go out and get yourself some mictor small batch uh we got to talk about 80s video games you know i don't know if there's much else to cover 80s is of course the decades we were born in so a lot of these video games that we played might not have been right when they came out because uh, I certainly wasn't really playing video games at like four years old, but uh, they are games that I played later in life and have a, a pleasant memory with. Um, anything else you want to cover before we dive into it? I want to get going. I'm excited. Right, let's get going on it. Uh, without further ado, these are our top five video games of the 1980s. Less than six. It's the top five. Uh, all right, B-Pimp, what is your number five? Number five. This is a name that will come up multiple times on my list. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 2 for the Ooh. Nintendo Entertainment System from 1988. Good pick. Super Mario Brothers 2 is that one. It's between Super Mario Brothers 1 and Super Mario Brothers 3. Um, but more than that, it's it's known as being like a unique Mario Brothers game. Yeah, it was a repurposed um, Japanese game that they kind of changed the sprites to be Mario characters, which is really interesting. But I love the game. Like, I didn't know that as a kid. I just was like, oh, this is now you pick turnips out of the ground and throw them. Like, okay, that's the new <laughs> thing I'm doing. But it's, I still think that that game is a lot of fun and very interesting. And probably because they did that, where they just like put the Mario and princess peach and Luigi sprites on whatever that game was. It's fun too, because after the first Mario brothers, like you can play as four characters and Um, they all have different powers. Yeah. And the look of it is, I think it looks really good actually for a Nintendo game. Yeah. For yeah. Back, back then with like the capabilities they had, they, I remember, I still remember a lot of the details of, I haven't played it in years, but I remember like some of the bosses, there's one that had like eggs in its stomach that you had to like knock it over and pull an egg out and throw it at it. <laughs> there's, there was a lot of interesting art. Yeah, that's a good pick. I did not put it on my list, but 
probably only because I didn't play it all that much, but I do remember like some things about it and just that it was like a really unique looking Mario game. And there hasn't been anything like that since. Right, exactly. So what is your number five then? My number five is Rampage. Ooh. Uh, from 1986, arcade game. And I think what I like about this game and the, like the subsequent versions that have come from it is it's, I was definitely a huge monster fan as a little kid, uh, particularly Godzilla, but also King Kong and Gamera. And this game is like, essentially like a fantasy for wanting to destroy a city as a monster. The thing is a massive quarters eater, unlike a, well, not unlike, like most arcade games, but I think it's especially bad. I feel like the worst two games for just eating your quarters are NBA Jam and Rampage. Yeah. <laughs> Did you were- does it every quarter, which is just like, come on. Yeah, that's insane. But look, were you an arcade kid? Like you were somebody who would like to go to the arcade? I would say I did not go to the arcade very often, but if I got the opportunity and my, my parents were pretty anti video games, at least for as long as I could be any, any opportunity I could go to an arcade, I did. So even when I was 10 or so, and I went to Mexico with my dad on a trip, like the town we went to, uh, I think it was Guanajuato, like had a big arcade. I was like, well, See you later. <laughs> Enjoy the Men- Mexican countryside. I'm going to be playing arcade games. Yeah, that's and pretty getting sweet. destroyed too. <laughs> Whenever somebody's played an arcade game against me, I've been I always lose. Yeah, I was I'm always terrible at even to this day like multiplayer video games. I only play, you know, I usually just play solo games. Mhm. The one that makes me think the most of that is Killer Instinct. Like I like the game Killer Instinct, but the difference between being like okay at that game and being good is huge golf to what to when you play somebody who's an expert at killer instinct they just like destroy you in a second yeah it's because i think with those fighting games a lot of it is just remembering like how to do some of the special moves because it's all those weird like combinations i could never do it oh and especially that game is all combos yeah uh but yeah that's uh went off on a tangent there but Rampage, that's my number five. What's your number four? Number four, another Nintendo Entertainment System from 1987, Metroid. Ooh, I've never really played that game that much. What do you like about it? I love Metroid. Um, I just, it something captured my uh, imagination as a kid when I got that because the cover is very interesting. It's Samus has got like the suit on and it's the cannon arm shooting like an alien. And I was like, what is this? And the game is extremely difficult. It is not easy. It's like, I don't know if I ever actually beat it. And I used to try to beat all the games I got when I was real little. Um, and I, it's so hard that it's, it, it just sticks out in my mind as being one. It's like a unique experience too, in that there's not a real, really another game for Nintendo for original Nintendo. That was anything like that. Um, and I love the level design. It's very, uh, there's different ways that you move through the level. Sometimes it's vertical, sometimes it's horizontal, sometimes it's one direction, sometimes it's the other direction. I think it's kind of unique for that stage of home gaming. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, like spoiler alert, turns out Samus is a woman. I know. I think, it, I don't remember if it was revealed in that first game or not, but maybe at the end of it, I think it was. She takes the helmet off or something and has blonde hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, I mean, they've made so many versions of that game, too. Like, through every Nintendo system has had, like, some version of that. 
Yeah, and the the GameCube ones were amazing. Those are some of my favorite games. Metroid Prime. Huh. I I don't even think I played that at all. Yeah, it's really good. I'll have to check that out. GameCube. It's, I had a GameCube, but it was a bit of a forgotten system for me. I'm a fan of it. I still have mine not hooked up right now, but it's in. It's I do go back and play it every so often. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I might have to check that out. Uh, all right. My number four is Super Mario Bros. from '85. So the original one, and uh, I don't think there's. I'm trying to think if there's another game where I sort of just like remember the first two levels like the back of my hand like that game i don't think so it's iconic that for especially the first one yeah i couldn't even tell you how the game ends i'm not sure i've ever even beat it but uh it was just that like that memory of that like it sticks in my head from when i was like three or four years old and watching my brother and uh, my older brother and like one of his friends playing it and thinking it was just so cool yeah, I think I was reading about that a little bit uh, before we even decided to do this list, but just randomly was reading about it. And they, I guess that was unique because he made that first level as like a tutorial for a platformer. And that was like one of the first times that that was included in a game. Where it's like, I'm going to make a level where you can learn all the mechanics that you'll use for the rest of the game in this first level. I think that might be why it's so... Like, I can almost like go through the whole level in my head just still, even though I haven't played it in a long time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, it's that first side-scrolling Mario game. Like, Maggie and I still get those games whenever they come out. Like, we had them on the Wii, the Wii U, and now the Switch. Although the Switch ones, I think, were just, like, souped-up versions of the Wii U ones. But we, I, I think the side-scrolling Mario games that come out now are my favorite. I, I still love them. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's uh, what is your number three? Another Nintendo, uh, 1985 Tetris. Ooh, good pick. It's an honorable mention for me. I love Tetris. I think it's, I think it's just the simplicity of the game and the fact that it's so hard to master. I like those kind of games. So um, it's iconic. Like you, you could pretty much mention Tetris to anyone, even if they've never played a video game, they know what it is. So yeah, I remember. There was a time in my life where I had a subscription to Electronic Gaming Monthly, the magazine. And I think, I don't know, maybe it was for their 100th issue or something like that. They did a countdown for their 100, top 100 video games. And they put Tetris as number one. Yeah. And I remember that distinctly. And it's hard to argue against that. It is so simple. It's It's like... Every game kind of has, every other game, like as great as they are, has maybe like some sort of flaw. But Tetris is, it's a pretty perfect puzzle game. Yeah, it's really, it, like I, I used to subscribe to Electronic Gaming Monthly too, and I don't even, I, I think I might still have some issues sitting around, so maybe I should go look and dig those out. See if see you have if the 100th issue. Yeah. I can't remember what game is like number two. Um, might be like a Zelda game either yeah. going to the past or Ocarina of Time or something. But yeah, Tetris was number one. All right, my number three is Miss Pac-Man from uh, 1981. And I think, well, first of all, Miss Pac-Man is better than Pac-Man. I feel like that's where they really figured out how this game was going to work. And I think mechanically it works better too. And I don't think I ever get past like the fourth level, maybe the fifth and I'm talking specifically just the arcade game is the only one I ever play. But um, 
I don't think too many games get my like adrenaline going, uh, but somehow Miss Pac-Man actually does. Fear of the Ghosts. It's sad to say I haven't played Miss Pac-Man. I did have Pac-Man on my honorable mentions, but I gotta I gotta play Miss Pac-Man. I mean, it's almost the same game. It's just I I feel like they've just made it just a little bit better. Yeah, I want to check it out and see the improvement. Uh, all right, what's your number two? My number two is the uh, original Super Mario Brothers that we were just talking about. Nice. First game I played as a kid, unless I put, it used to come bundled with Duck Hunt with that gun. So I don't know if I played Duck Hunt first because of the gun or Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers, but it was one of the first two video games I ever played. That bundle was great, but you know, there was another bundle that our uh, friends that lived on Bainbridge Island, which is just outside of Seattle had, and it was not only Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, but also track and field. Did it have that pad? They had the pad, which oh. for some reason I put track and field. Maybe I should like rethink about my list. I put track and field on my honorable mentions, but at least for that brief period of time, I don't think there was a game I liked more than that. It just hasn't stuck with me as much. I never got to play track and field, sadly. I heard that somebody had like some version of that game was worth like 10 grand. What? There was some rare version of that game that it might wow. be the European one or something because it had something slightly different and there were so few of them and somebody had one somewhere in like Kansas or something and they it, it sold for like 10 grand. Wow. Um, well, it makes me wish I had that game right now. Yeah. Because I wouldn't sell it for 10 grand. I would play it. You'd play it over and over. Yeah. Anything else you wanted to add about Mario Brothers? It's just, I mean, I still remember... Um, the fact that, I mean, that being the first game I played, how, like, how immediately I realized as a three, I think I was like four, maybe mm-hmm. something like that, like really young. And I was just like, oh, I love video games. <laughs> as soon as I started playing it, I was like, this is the best. Yeah. No, I'm glad we, like, our video game, first video game experiences are the same because that was, that three pack were the first video games I ever played too. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, I have, Duck Hunt as my number two. Ooh, nice. Which, Duck Hunt is the simplest damn game. It's just, you shoot at ducks, and the dog laughs at you for sucking. The dog is great. The dog is amazing. But it was so fun to actually have those, like, toy guns and shoot at the TV screen. And it was, I, I don't know how I would find it now, but as a kid, I found it really hard. Oh, yeah. I remember that. being so like hard. That's probably why I didn't even put it on here because I think I just remember being like, I, this is impossible. <laughs> it's like an impossible game. All right. We are down to it. And uh, I'm, before we say what our number ones are, I think it's a double dub. I think I so. Could I could be wrong. All right. What's your number one? Super Mario Brothers 3. Double dip. A new yes. From 1988. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I just watched, do you ever see the movie The Wizard with Fred Savage? I don't think so. It's ba- it came out right before this game. It was basically like a movie-length commercial for Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> and I just saw it for the first time, even though I knew about it for, forever. It was amazing. And I was like, this is, Nintendo knew. They were like, this is the best game. We're going to make a movie to promote this game before it comes out so we can sell as many as we possibly can. And I just played it. I, that's the game I've played the most in my life. I just played it endlessly as a kid. That's all I did. It's like, you know, I know you think of like the original Mario Brothers as being like that 
that one of the first platformers like to really break ground, but Super Mario Brothers 3 like just kind of perfected it. It's such a fun game. I love the warp whistles too. You can find those whistles and go to like just skip levels sometimes. But then other times I was like, I don't want to do that. I want to play all of them. Mm-hmm. And like all of the side-scrolling Mario games that have come out since have all specifically used the Super Mario Brothers 3 model. Mm-hmm. Most of the same powers too. Even Nintendo knows to this day that is the game. The joy of the when you got the star and when Invincible and the music changed and then like the the what's it, I forget what they call it but it's like a raccoon Mario or whatever mm-hmm. like that's just great everything about that game is so great and it moves so fluidly still even though it was like made a long time ago yeah it's amazing that was mm-hmm. that was a seminal moment in the history of video games when that came out well I'm I'm glad we have a grants on the number one I'm trying to think the last time that we had the same number one on a list. It's probably been a while. I has, yeah. I don't think it's, con- we usually, I thought we might have more double dips on this one, but it, you, I, thankfully you did have some arcade ones in there. So that was good. We had some variety. Yeah. We were close. I mean, because you had a bunch of Mario games on there and I had two, but mm-hmm. I, cause what I usually do when I make these lists is I just, I list everything that could potentially be on my list. And so in this case, I had like 10 video games that I knew had a chance. And then I rank them afterwards, but I didn't have to think about it for this one. It was like I put a one next to Super Mario Brothers 3 before I even finished putting down uh, every potential game that could be on it. Yeah, I, I knew also. It's, it's okay. still, it's like one of the easiest questions if somebody was to ask me, what's your favorite video game? Yeah. When we do this again for the 90s, uh, that is going to be so hard. Oh, God. I can't. There's so many games in the 90s that are so great. Yeah. Because, like, I only have, I think, I have five honorable mentions. And even that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, what honorable mentions do you have? I mentioned Pac-Man. Um, I did, I got that. It came out, the NES version came out in 88. And I remember specifically when I got it, it was because my parents went on the first trip and left us with my aunt. Like, the first trip I remember them leaving for, like, a week. I think they went to Vegas or something like that. No oh, God, and, I can't wait for that. <laughs> and when they came back, they had Pac-Man as my like present from the trip. And I was ecstatic wow. to get a video game. So I played that's, the Pac-Man. That's smart. Like, yeah. It was like the weird, um, it was like a weird cartridge. It wasn't perfectly square. Like most of the Nintendo games, it had like a rounded edge. I remember that. Huh. Um, but then the other two I had are Contra, which I also loved for Nintendo. That was the 88 and Mega Man two from 89. Ooh, I never really got into the Mega Man games, but the one Mega Man game I did get into was on the Super Nintendo, and it was Mega Man Soccer. Soccer? Which could honestly be on my 90s list. It might be. Wow, I didn't it even know there amazing. was a Mega I didn't even oh, know about that. Like, each... Because Mega Man has, I don't know how many different characters, a ton. Yeah. And they're all in the soccer game, and they all have different soccer powers, and it's, like, awesome. That sounds great. Yeah. Um... I had Excite Bike, Bubble Bobble, which I've uh, a, a friend Elliot helped make a beat with the Bubble Bobble theme song for me once, <laughs> uh, and I recorded some rap over that. Punch Out, which I I was confused at first because I thought Punch Out and Mike Tyson's Punch Out were two different games, and they're essentially the same game, but they were just like rebranded differently. And the final boss is different. And I mean, one of them is actually Mike Tyson and the other one's not, but uh, same game otherwise. And then Tetris and track and field. 
Nice. So, uh, yeah, it was fun to go over these. It makes me want to like actually play a few of these again. I'm pretty sure I could get Super Mario Brothers 3 on my Switch. Right? Can I just like buy that online? I think the virtual console has all the, the all of those games. Yeah, I might do that. Um, all right. If you think there is an 80s video game that we forgot about, uh, please let us know. You can hit us up on our Twitter feed. That's at Whiskey Sessions. Or email us at whiskeysessionsmusic at gmail.com, and we'll read your email on a future episode. But we have some emails for this episode. Uh, so let's get to it. These are your emails. You sent us emails to read emails, and now we'll read them. Uh, all right. I have an email that reads, Dear Whiskey Heads, you're stuck in the 80s. When are you going to talk about the golden decade, the 90s? This is from Dorval in uh, San Luis Obispo, California. I'm going to, there's like a specific way of saying San Luis Obispo that's much faster that natives of that area say it that I'm going to learn. But um, Dorval brings up a good point. We've been talking a lot of 80s and 90s are coming next. So to let our listeners know, the next five episodes after this one are going to be a 90s palooza. Or what, what did we say that we were going to call That's it? That's it. 90s palooza. Oh, perfect. So we'll, we'll be talking about action movies, comedies, uh, of course, doing video games and favorite TV shows. And the last one is, what am I forgetting? Albums. Albums, of course. That's going to be difficult. <laughs> oh, boy. All of these are going to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, so look out for that. Uh, B-Pimp, what else we got in the old email inbox? Dear Whiskey Sessions, due to the pandemic we are still struggling through, I've been carrying a full bottle of whiskey with me everywhere I go. I take a sip when I need a boost, and I use the alcohol to sterilize anything I touch. Why isn't everyone doing this? Sincerely, a genius. Uh, okay. I'm not going to say this person's a genius. Uh, their first use of this is a smart thing to do, but to use whiskey to sterilize things is kind of a waste of whiskey. Yeah. And it would get a little bit sticky too. Yeah. I feel like they're just, they're just creating en enemies for themselves. <laughs> like if they go to, I mean, I guess you're not really going to somebody's house for a dinner party right now, but if you're out in public and you're just walking around like dumping whiskey on things, <laughs> Yeah, that's like heartbreaking, actually. Yeah. Uh, unless, unless it's, you know, Southern Comfort or Ancient Age or like some other type of like crap liquor that really would be for no other good purpose. Yeah. And plus there's going to be like a lot of bees congregating in the area, right? Because they'll oh smell my that God. sweet whiskey. And yeah, I forgot. To, uh, this should have been at the top of the episode. I was stung by a bee. What? I haven't been stung by a bee in 20 damn years, and I was stung by a bee last weekend. Where? In our yard. There was a bunch of them. <laughs> I thought all the bees were dead. And I what, was in the world? <laughs> yeah. I was, I've heard they're endangered. I was stung in the neck, and I was so like, I want to get some insecticide immediately and take them out. Wait a minute. What ha so walk me through this. I was weeding in our yard. Like our yard is a freaking disaster. And we're now trying to do something about it. We're going to put down some sod. We're going to put down some mulch. going to plant some trees. Um, the grass is really like, we shouldn't even have grass in the Bay Area, but we just want to have like a little bit 
so the dog poops on it. But either way, we're trying to pick some weeds. Um, I, we're going to spray them too, but I was going through and trying to pick some weeds up. And I think I, I saw like a dozen bees at least. So I think I was near a nest or I hit a nest and I had my headphones in and then I just like felt something on my neck. And so I just dropped my shovel I was using and kind of like backed up a little bit. And then I saw, yeah, 10 or 20 bees. And I was like, well, I'm done. And I went inside. <laughs> but yeah, so there, there's some bees right by our fence with our neighbor. How much did it hurt? It hurt a little bit at first, but I will say uh, I didn't even feel it after half an hour. Oh, okay. Because I don't remember. the. I think I probably was five the last time I got stung by a bee. Yeah. Well, the last time I was stung by a bee, I think I was like 13 or 14. And it was the person in front of me stepped on a nest and I was stung five times. Ooh. Um, and when I was stung that many times, I actually did swell up. I'm not like allergic, allergic to bees, but apparently if I'm stung that many times, I like have somewhat of a reaction. So I remember that and being like, Ugh, I don't want to get stung anymore. So I was kind of thinking about that when I got stung and I saw a bunch of other bees, but uh, it didn't swallow or anything. It was fine. Oh, uh, that's good. Well, that was, I, I honestly, Lisa's always paranoid. Like I think she got stung by a bunch of bees once too. And so whenever we're out walking, she's like, and she sees anything that looks like a bee, she like wants to avoid it. And I'm like, what? It's not going to do anything. Yeah. I didn't think it happened. No, I was blown away. I was like a bee stung me the Where nerve get the fucking nerve to do that <laughs> yeah oh so i'm not going outside anymore yeah we're just all staying in forever yep uh if it's not a pandemic it's bees yeah uh all right well if uh, you had another email you want to send us please do you can hit us up again it's whiskey sessions music at gmail.com we'll read it on a future episode but that does it for episode 93 till infinity uh be pimp do you have any words of wisdom you want to leave our listeners with? Leave Andy alone, bees. You gotta leave me alone. I'm just trying to pull some weeds. All right, until next time, this is AMS saying peace out. And be pimp, not bees pimp. See you later. Oh, nice. nice.